You, my friend, are listening to The Happy Hearthstone. This episode is brought to you, as always, by listeners just like you. Thank you so much, Major Death, Tim K, Barbaric Yop, Bodicus, Wicked Good, Brett R, Doge TK, Mr. Jones, Trevor Y, and Avantes for supporting the show and investing in yourselves in the process. You can join them over at patreon.com slash thehappyhearthstone. And be sure to join our Discord and the great conversations we're having every day. You can go to thehappyhearthstone.com slash Discord and click on the link to join us for free today. Hello and welcome to episode 182 of the Happy Hearthstone, the longest running Hearthstone podcast in the history of space and time, and cards. I'm your host, Andrew Brown, and this week I'm joined by you. It's good to be with you. It feels like it's usually a while because my uh, the episodes I do with friends of the show end up being on the weekends, and then the ones that I do on my own, I tend to do during my lunch break on Mondays. Uh, so there's a long stretch between recordings that feels longer than normal, even though it hasn't been that long. So I'm really th- happy to be with you. And as I was thinking about what to talk about today, I thought it was most appropriate to talk about what I've been having the most fun with lately, and that's the Tombs of Terror. So today, this week, it's all about our fishy Finley friend. We're going to be talking about Sir Finley of the Sands and his input into the solo adventure. I'm going to give you all the tips and tricks that I've figured out as I've been playing, uh, some really great resources to back you up and hopefully help you. Um, I didn't feel this way with Dalaran Heist where I really wanted to do the heroic mode, um, but I guess it was just a little peek at the card back this time that I just said, I gotta have that. So I've been, uh, usually during any downtime I've had, I've been trying to get ahead on the heroic uh, adventure. So uh, so yeah, we're gonna do a deep dive, if you will, <laughs> with our Finley friend. So it should be a lot of fun, and I'm really uh, thankful and excited to be with you today. So to kick things off, let's talk about why I'm happy. Super happy that actually today and yesterday I got to spend some time with my parents. They live out in Texas, and um, it's a little side benefit, I suppose, that my dad's alma mater is here in town. So when he comes out for his reunions, I'll usually get a little bit of time on the back end of those trips uh, to spend with them. And so we had a lot of fun hanging out with them yesterday. I actually discovered a hidden gem of a, like, uh, I don't know, an outdoorsy place here in town uh, recently in Colorado. And as the cities continue to grow, uh, residential spaces continue to grow, uh, those places that have really remained unmarked by that and also don't really give evidence to the rest of the town are fewer and farther in between. So I found this little hidden secret. If you're ever in town, I'd be happy to show you. Uh, So I got to take my parents and family out there and uh, we spent some time at the playground because when you have a toddler, that is just uh, the best thing you can possibly do. And it's free 99, which is everyone's favorite price for family outings. And uh, yeah, just got some really good time with them. So 
super thankful for that. To be quite honest with you, my life has been extraneously busy. And if you follow me on Twitter, you probably notice I've dialed back on uh, being there at all, <laughs> posting much, uh, just because I don't have much margin uh, for it, or not nearly as much lately. Um, my full-time job has been extremely busy. We've been working directly with our CEO on some pretty big projects, and so we're, we've got a lot that we're trying to do to, uh, to accomplish and keep him up to date. Uh, with with everything that's going on there and learn and improve and all of that. It's just taken a lot of effort. Uh, same thing with HS Replay and my work with them. Uh, we've been in go mode. If you haven't checked out Untapped yet, you really need to. If you play Magic the Gathering Arena, this is a deck tracker that the whole team behind HS Replay and the Hearthstone Deck Tracker application uh, have done for Magic the Gathering Arena. So it's uh, free to use, and it's incredible. They've done a lot of great things that really, uh, this was not a copy and paste project at all. They built this Deck Tracker from the ground up to take advantage of what Magic players need, and also for a lot of learnings from things that they wish they would have done differently with uh, you know, with applications they've made before. So uh, we recently launched Personal Statistics, which is a huge feature. Basically, you can create your own profile page and you can choose whether it's public or private. But uh, what's cool about the public is that you can actually share your stats, your deck, your progression and all of that with the world if you want with friends. And it's a really neat feature. I'm, I'm hopeful that uh, we'll see that uh, moving along to other products as well down the line. Uh, but for now, it's, it's just on untapped and it's really, really cool. So if you play the game, can't recommend it enough, even though I'm totally biased, you should still check it out. Uh, so it's been a lot uh, for us to get that off the ground. And there, there's still a lot of work to do. Obviously, they're working towards global, global statistics and all of that. Uh, so our, our developer team is like second to none, uh, but it's a huge project. So they've been working a lot on that. And I've been doing a lot for the customer support side, because when you launch things, people have issues. Big surprise, right? So I've been uh, been working a lot to basically help with that. So and then, uh, yeah, family. I mean, we had family in town. Uh, my wife and I are falling in bed last night, uh, falling in bed. Falling asleep in bed. How about that? Um, I guess I may have fallen into bed also because I was that exhausted. But anyway, we're talking as we're falling asleep and uh, thinking about the week ahead. And we literally have something every single night through, I think, Tuesday. So, um, so yeah, the family side of things is just really busy too. So uh, this is life with young kids mostly, uh, at least from what I understand. But I'm trying to be intentional to say, okay... We have to fulfill the things that we've agreed to do and, and stuff like that. But is there any way that we can make sure that we avoid this kind of uh, week after week insanity uh, in the future? Because it's one thing to say, oh, I'm just kind of a victim here and have to do all this stuff. It's another to recognize, hey, I have some influence. I get to choose the schedule and my wife and I can work together to make sure that we're both getting what we really need rather than just spending our time uh insanely with everybody that we like, <laughs> which is kind of what we're doing right now. So I guess I'm not necessarily excited or happy about that, but it's a good problem and we're working through it. And, uh, you know, there's, there's better health for all of us on the other side of working through those kinds of things. So uh, I am thankful for the opportunity nonetheless, and thankful for the opportunity to be with you and talk about some of the huge news that was dropped on us this past week about the future of Hearthstone. So we had this behind the tavern doors update, which I've just got to say, 
bravo to the team for letting us know things a little bit ahead of time uh, and get excited about some really cool things that are heading our way. So let's talk through each of these. Uh, I'm sure you've heard about them, but maybe there were some details that you missed, and I, of course, want to share what I'm thinking and really what the implications of these are. So one of the big things that they said off the bat is that there are going to be more event-based brawls. They said that this was based off the feedback they got from the Firefest evil that they did. Uh, we had a lot of fun with that, if you'll recall, the tavern brawl that was a dungeon run that was uh, time-based. I mean, people were playing that tavern brawl like gangbusters, <laughs> and sharing their times, trying to get it faster, all that kind of stuff. So um, so they said, hey, you liked that. We're working on more of that stuff. And in fact, they said there's a new event coming soon that will have dungeon run-inspired tavern brawls again, dual-class arenas, and legendary quests. So very cool. It sounds like all of this is probably going to be based around uh, the Hollow's End stuff that they tend to do around the Halloween time. <laughs> and uh, we've done dual-class arenas during that time specifically. And I wonder if they're going to do a dungeon run that's sort of a riff off of the Witchwoods uh, monster hunt mode, because that kind of has a, you know, a Hallow's End feel to it. So it, it would make sense, at least, I think, to do that. And Legendary Quest probably tells us we're getting some more free packs, which, of course, everyone loves free packs, right? So uh, so that's all good news. And uh, pretty cool that they, they were saying not just, hey, we're going to work on that, but they said specifically this is coming in a couple of weeks. So... I would anticipate probably by the end of next week we'll see something, probably midweek or, or something like that. They, they tend to like dropping updates on Tuesdays and Wednesdays typically, even though this one came on a different day. So uh, thank you, Hearthstone, for releasing the news on a day when it doesn't impede with the episodes I'm about to reveal and stuff. feels like that usually tends to happen. And then the, uh, I'll, I'll touch on some of the smaller things and then we'll hit it with the really big announcement too. So quest changes are coming. This is really interesting that they're giving us a under the hood look at this because this is really fine details, but it's really important, especially if you're trying to maximize your gold. Um, one of the really important things is doing your daily quests and trying to get the highest quests that you possibly can get, right? So in an ideal world where you have, you know, an hour or even 30 minutes every day to play Hearthstone, you always want to re-roll any quests that you get that are 50 gold because there's a chance that when you re-roll them, you can get a 60 gold quest or a 100 gold quest or, uh, you know, the classic pack quests. So there's all sorts of better stuff that you can get than the minimum of 50 gold. So what they said during this update is that it is more for the other people who maybe have too many quests. So there are times when I don't get to play as much Hearthstone as I would like, and I recognize that I have to get one of my quests done because I've got my maximum of three quests. If you go to the next day, you can't get a fourth quest. You'll just stick with those three quests. You can reroll them again because you can do that once every day. Uh, and what's interesting is that in order to help those players to get one of those quests done, they said that re-rolling a 60 gold or more quest will guarantee you a 50 gold quest. So I, I think this is a good change because there's never really a good reason to re-roll a 60 gold quest other than this specific reason. If you're looking at your quest and let's say you've got a 100 gold quest a, um, and then two 60s. It's that's a lot of investment. And you might say, man, I've only got 15, 20 minutes. I'd really like to just get one of these done as quickly as possible. 
and it doesn't look like I can realistically do that. Well, in that instance, now what you can do is take one of those 60 gold quests, re-roll it, and get something that's a bit easier to complete to ensure that you can get that done, and then you won't have to miss out on a quest the next day. So this is a this is a pretty good um, a good change. For me personally, because I'm more proactive about these and don't get into those situations quite so often, I'd rather have the opposite where when I re-roll a 50 gold quest, I'm guaranteed something greater than that. Uh, now that's me being a little bit greedy and wanting that guarantee. Um, but I think this is still good for all of us. We all have those stretches where it's tough to get all of your quests done uh, from time to time. And so this is a nice thing to know. And this isn't active yet. This will be in a future update. Um, but good to kind of have that on the horizon, essentially. And they also said they're going to cut some of their less popular quests as well, which I would assume are some of the uh, win with two uh, or win with certain classes, maybe. Um, I guess those are the most common also, so it'd be tough to take all of those out. But to me, those are typically the ones that I'm a little actually no. It's stuff like play six divine shield minions. I got that the other day and I was like, what the heck do I do? I mean, I guess I can just create a divine shield deck, which is exactly what I did in wild and played out six cards as fast as possible and then conceded. And sure, I can do that, but um, but maybe they can tell somehow that uh, the people aren't doing that or something. So it'll be interesting to see which ones are taken out. Another really cool part of this update is that we are going to get thousand win portraits. So this is something we've been asking for for a very long time. After getting your golden hero with 500 ranked wins, man, that is hard to say, <laughs> 500 ranked wins, uh, there's not really much left to do other than hit legend or hit different ranks, uh, ranked floors and stuff like that. So um, the 500 wins is something to shoot for, and you know I've had all nine golden heroes for quite some time now. I, I think about a year and a half, actually. Um, I believe it was February. It was really cool if you hadn't heard the story. I actually, I literally hit legend and uh, got my golden priest at the same time. I was playing a big priest, so that was, I think that was a year and a half ago that that would have been in standard um, because it was back then. And I got 10 gold, so it was like the aligning of the stars, essentially. Uh, pretty cool. But we've been asking for more things to do and accomplish in the game, and so now, finally, they're giving us 1,000 win portraits. So when you get 1,000 wins with a specific class in any ranked mode that can be standard or wild, you'll unlock a special portrait for the original hero. So that would be... Uh, that would be the heroes like, uh, oh my goodness, I'm having a tough time other than the ones that were shown. So we've seen Jaina, Anduin, and Gul'dan, and uh, they are insane. They're really, really cool. It uh, looks like they went a lot more intense, which is cool because if you've done a thousand wins and accomplished that, it means you are a very weathered player and experienced player in that. Um, so um, pretty cool. Uh, excited about that. So if you're wondering where you're at with those, uh, if you haven't hit 500 ranked wins yet with a class, it'll populate and show you that whenever you have a deck constructed and uh, you're about to hit the play button for that class. When you choose it, um, it'll show you underneath the portrait of the hero how many wins you have uh, out of the 500. 
and if you have gotten 500, it just shows you how many ranked wins that you have there. So if you're curious as to which ones you have unlocked and, and haven't unlocked yet, you can go and construct a deck or choose the deck recipes that are in there and then uh, go to the play menu and uh, just choose the hero and you can see it there. I kind of wish there was a more intuitive way to do it, but it's not it's not that insane. Uh, for me, I've hit a thousand wins with uh, seven out of the nine classes. The only two I have left are priest and rogue. So I'm actually, uh, I decided to swap over to um, aggro rogue for uh, the games that I have to play on the ladder for the rest of the month. So I can hopefully get a few of those in. And actually it's the next month as you're hearing this. So that doesn't matter. <laughs> but um, but yeah, this is pretty cool. Like I mentioned, we've seen Jaina, Anduin, and Gul'dan. I'm excited to see the rest of them because uh, those three so far look super, super cool. Um, and there's a really interesting dynamic at play for those of us who have been at this game for a very long time. And that's the fact that we have too many cool things in a way. I don't know if you felt this yet, um, but I've started feeling it with cardbacks specifically that unless a cardback really wows me like that heroic cardback did uh, for uh, Tombs of Terror, I don't really feel uh, incentivized like I need that necessarily. Um, a personal decision I made, I did not pre-order Tombs of Terror um, because I didn't really need the extra legendary. And I, I the cardback, it was just going to be another one that I had, right? So for me, I'd rather save the $5 and get the rest of the content, which is what I did. Um, and I'm noticing that shift for me. I don't know if you felt that. If you still like them, great. Keep keep getting them. Um, but the same kind of goes for these portraits and uh, alternate heroes specifically. Uh, now that we've got quite a few for most of the classes, uh, we're sort of reaching a, a, an interesting place where I don't know that I want more. Um, Sir Anoya was actually the first one that I self-opted out of. I don't have him. And I don't really regret that either because I've got Anduin, I've got uh, Lady Liadrin, so um, you know I've I've got plenty of paladins to play with, and now I'm going to have another one uh, here. So uh, with Uther, right? Uther, yeah, it's Uther. Um, I, that that was the one that I was getting stuck on earlier, but I got there. Uh, so other other classes like um, like Warrior, uh, Garrosh, I only have the one. Uh, I did. I didn't get uh, Magni, uh, and so I, I'll be excited to have an alternate hero for him. But a lot of others, it's like, well, now that I have this cool thousand win portrait, am I really going to want to pay ten bucks, or is it going to be alluring to me to buy a, uh, a combo pack or something of packs, uh, wings, or something that have an alternate hero? Maybe not so much. The Thunder King is actually one that I. I feel like I have too many there also, you know. Um, I, I was happy to help support the esports scene for Hearthstone with that bundle. Um, but King Rastakhan really didn't get much airtime on my account. Uh, so, and Thrall, I'm guessing, is going to look pretty cool too, so... So yeah, you can tell I've had a lot of thoughts about this one in particular. Uh, and if, if that doesn't hit you, if you're just excited about them, keep doing that. Uh, there's just interesting shifts I'm noticing for myself. And I'm sure there are some of you also that are kind of, uh, maybe you weren't uh, sure how to verbalize it or something. Hopefully that helps you. And then the massive, massive thing that we learned about is that wild cards are coming to standard. So this is a special event. It looks like this is going to be in line with the Hallow's End stuff that's coming. And they've announced that 23 wild cards are going to be reintroduced for a limited time into standard play. 
Uh, all they've told us so far is that Ragnaros the Fire Lord and Nazoth the Corrupter are two of those. Uh, we don't know the rest of the 21 cards that will be a part of this. Um, they did say in the blog post that, or they, the only descriptor, I guess, that they gave us were that they are some of the most popular and game-changing cards. So uh, that should be interesting. That uh, that indicator of some of doesn't necessarily mean that these are completely the most popular ones or anything like that. Um, but uh, but still pretty cool that they're doing this. Um, this is really uh, unforeseen. Like uh, just this is so so wildly different. <laughs> anything else that they've done here, um, and it's really going to shake up standard big time especially with the fact that they've shown us ahead of time that Ragnaros and Azoth are two of those. I would have anticipated that they kind of would have brought back some wild cards that maybe have some potential based off of what's in the standard meta now, but didn't really uh, see their time uh, back when they were released. Things like Ragnaros specifically, I mean, he was rotated into the Hall of Fame because he was so powerful and utilized in every single deck. So if this is any indicator of the rest of these cards that we're going to see, um, this is going to shake up uh, standard quite a bit because I, Rag is a shoe-in for any deck. If you don't remember Rag, 8 mana, 8-8, eight, eight, and at the end of your turn, he deals 8 damage to a random enemy. So it could be a minion, it could go face, um, and we've already seen Twitter flooded with uh, these highlight reels from esports games way back in the day when games were decided by Ragnaros and uh, just this random insanity that happened. Um, so I, yeah, I really, I would not have expected this. If we were sitting here and they had said 23 wild cards, I would have tell, told you a, a whole other list of cards that'll be there. But because now we know Rag and Nazoth, and, and Nazoth, I mean, Good lord. Like, these are both... Nazoth is more of a controly card because he's just this single bomb that can bring back a ton of stuff. I mean, watch out for Priest because with the... Um, what, what's the 5-mana 2-6? The Convincing Infiltrator, right? Um, and then uh, the other cards like Carta Defender and other Death Rattles that are really popular for Wall Priest and stuff like that. Nazoth is massively impactful to the game. He's almost a, a third, uh, uh, what, what's the name of, man, I'm forgetting a lot of names of cards this episode. Uh, Mass Resurrection, right? Uh, ex except for it's Mass Resurrection on steroids because it brings back everything that's died, right? So, um, so yeah, this is crazy. I mean, I, I would highly anticipate that we're probably going to see Sylvanas also uh, because she was retired for the exact same reasons as Rag. Um, probably going to see Yog Saron just because uh, he had the it's the same kind of impact that Nazoth had. I wish they would do pre-nerf uh, Yog Saron because, or maybe I don't. That might be too too game changing. Um, but anyway, those are the only two that I feel pretty safe saying those are those are definitely going to be a part of this. Uh, yeah, it this will be interesting. There are a ton of wild cards out there. There are some that have gotten more popular lately. Uh, there are others that were have been you know a standard part of all of that for a very long time. So yeah, really excited to see this. Um, the other thing that's really important to mention is that everyone, and yes, I mean everyone, will be getting access to these wild specific cards while the event is live. So this is this is cool on so many levels. It gives players that haven't uh, that that are newer to the game access to these really. Um, I mean, the hall of 
they're specifically Hall of Fame cards, but it really is the Hall of Fame of these impactful cards that have just been a huge part of Hearthstone for a long time. It gives them access to the entire wild side of things. So hopefully the communication's really good in-game. Um, because not everyone listens to Hearthstone podcasts, and that's okay. Uh, but they're just going to log in one day and find out that, oh, there's all these cards in my uh, in my collection. Are these brand new cards or something? Did they just make this for the event? Uh, hopefully they can say, hey, these are, these are some really... Uh, man, it's tough to use the right vernacular. I want to say classic, but that's a set, so you can't say that. Um, but these are some of the most impactful cards that have been uh, in... Uh, in past rotational sets, and they now live in wild, but for a limited time, you can play them in standard. Um, so yeah, hopefully they get that right on the money. And and hey, you don't have to go crafting these cards and deciding, should I use the dust for this month? That I, I assume it's around a month probably that they'll be live, uh, these cards. Instead, you just get access to them immediately. Now, obviously you can't dust those cards because that wouldn't be really fair to, <laughs> to anyone. Um, but, uh, but you do get to play with them. You won't be limited on the ladder, uh, just because you don't have access to these tons of cards. And that really gives them as a development team freedom to, to pick whatever cards they want. Uh, because obviously with the choices of Rag and Nazoth right out the gates, those are two legendaries. That would be a lot of dust to bite into, especially for more casual players or players who are newer to the game. And um, like I said, both of these are extremely powerful. So you're probably going to see a lot of decks running those two cards specifically and any number of other cards that are coming in with this. So these are 23 cards that I would anticipate most of them are going to find some amount of play here. So um, so yeah, really excited to uh, see all of those. We found out we're going to get a full list of those cards revealed on October 4th. So uh, that's this week. Oh my gosh, that's just in a few days as I'm, <laughs> as I'm recording this. So I can't wait to see the rest of these and uh, to start really tinkering and theory crafting uh, what these decks are going to be like. Um, and honestly, like the meta has settled down quite a bit, even though there's not, in my opinion, like clear fl- front runners as far as like dominators of the meta. I'm kind of sick at this point of things like Quest Shaman and Quest Druid. Um, yes, already I just I, I played five casual games today because I was uh, trying out a new deck, and four of them were Quest Shaman in casual. And they were just insane. I think I lost three of them. So I'm, I'm just kind of done with that. So it'll be fun to get some uh, some powerful cards that have a lot of potential to, to shake things up and um, just do something different for a little bit. So I think this is great. I'm really excited to see the rest of the details there. So that's most of the details behind the Tavern Doors and that update. And if you'd like uh, the official blog release, you can see that over at the show notes at thehappyhearthstone.com. Uh, The other thing I want to mention is that uh, Chapter 4 of the Tombs of Terror releases today, as this episode releases, will be facing off against the Plague of Wrath, and Bran Bronzebeard will be unlocked finally. He is uh, dual class with Hunter and Warrior tools, which, uh, man, those are some good tools there, so I I expect that he'll be a powerful hero. The twist for Chapter 4 is that after taking damage, minions will gain plus one attack. So this is probably the first chapter where a token-based strategy is not going to be your friend. You want minions with a lot of health um, that are basically all frothing berserkers, kind of. Uh, and, and with Bran, I would anticipate, and the Warriors Arsenal of Whirlwind, um, the, uh, oh my goodness. 
I'm just embarrassed at this point. Two mana echo spell that deals one damage to all minions. I know you're shouting it right now. Yes, that one. Um, it'll be, uh, th those kinds of tools will be really helpful. And then Hunter has unleashed the hounds and all sorts of other stuff. So, uh, yeah, I anticipate Brain will be probably be pretty powerful with this one. And, um, yeah, looking forward to it. I've been having fun and getting my, getting my packs and all that kind of stuff. In fact, as we transition into, um, a, a, sh a shout out for the Patreon, um, I, I actually got in my packs for the latest chapter, the uh, the, the quest for Hunter, goodness, unseal the vault. And I've been really excited to play around with that. I, uh, I've held off on crafting it because I knew I was due for another legendary. And with the 15, you know, old impacts from uh, the solo adventure, I was hoping I could crack it. And sure enough, I did. And so my latest exclusive content for patrons, uh, was a, me playing some quest hunter. So if you're not familiar with that, uh, at $5 and above, you get weekly content, weekly videos of me playing through uh, some wacky decks, some really fun decks, some uh, some really ladder efficient decks. The week before that, I had a deck that I went 7-0 with on the ladder uh, up at rank 4, I think I, I was at at the time. So um, coming out with that every single week, and it's been a lot of fun. Uh, and if you're interested in checking that out, uh, the, the Patreon for the Happy Hearthstone really is an investment into your own gameplay. And these kinds of videos that give you exposure to different deck lists and, um, you know, just more detailed content than, uh, than typically these episodes are meant for uh, can be a great place for you to learn and grow as a player. So go check it out over at patreon.com slash the happy hearthstone. And, you know, I mentioned the special offer I was doing this past month because of the time I was on vacation and all of that. I didn't do a great job letting people know. So I've decided to extend it through the month of October that if you pledge at the $5 or above uh, level for the month of October, I'll give you a special thank you in the book that I'm writing right now, uh, which I'm really excited about and have been really struggling to find the time to work on. Um, but I want to keep it in front of me because uh, this is something I'm really passionate about and want to get done. Uh, so it's not done uh, on October 1 like I was kind of hoping that it would be. Um, but I'm going to I'm gonna make my goals a bit smaller so that I can achieve them uh, uh, more realistically and uh, hopefully I can get it done uh, in the next month or two. Um, I'm, I'm very hopeful that I can get it done by the end of the year. Uh, so, um, but that's only going to be for this month that uh, if you pledge at the $5 or above level, you get a special thank you. And that does apply to people who pledge for the month of September. So you don't have to do both in order to get that offer. I just wanted to extend it in case you hadn't heard yet and um, uh, wanted to be a part of that. So go check it out again, patreon.com slash the happy hearthstone. And thank you so much to those of you who have been on there uh, supporting the show. It really, I, I could spend a whole episode thanking you from the bottom of my heart, but uh, sincerely, many of you have been on there since the very beginning of, of uh, launching that for this show. And that does not go unnoticed when I see your names uh, every month. So thank you so much for those of you who are doing that. And thank you to those of you who are going to jump on this month. It'll be great to have you. Okay, so let's talk about Sir Finley in the Tombs of Terror. So like I mentioned, I've been having a lot of fun with the Tombs of Terror. And I, I think in the last episode I was saying it, it's kind of, you know, we've done this dungeon run thing many times and it feels like it's getting a little long in the tooth. Uh, I was surprised by how much 
I was enjoying the replayability specifically of this adventure more so than the past ones that I've been doing, or more so than the Dollar Run High specifically, I guess. So, um, and for me, uh, I actually had the opportunity to write an article for HS Replay. Uh, they got featured by Hearthstone, which was so, so cool. And you can check it out over at, uh, you can find it more directly if you go to articles.hsreplay.net. So if you're on a computer right now, you can go there. And uh, then it's the first one on there, I believe, unless uh, someone's written something. Yeah. As of this recording, it's the latest one. It's called A Closer Look at Sir Finley in Chapter 2 of Tombs of Terror. So because I was writing this article about Chapter 2 specifically, I really wanted to hone in on Sir Finley. And um, and we were able to get some data from Hearthstone Deck Tracker users. It was really interesting to look at how many games have been played, what win, uh, win rates were like. And so if you're interested in checking those out and seeing some stats-based stuff, you can do that. I also gave some of the tips um, that I'll talk about also in this uh, in this episode, but you can look at them a little more in depth on there. So, um, And then the other resource I want to tell you about, if you haven't checked it out, Hearthstone Top Decks does some great uh, articles and guides. I really like their stuff, and I use their stuff too. Uh, and they've written out full guides specifically for each hero in the Tombs of Terror thing. So um, this gives you more of an uh, in-depth look at the different uh, the different resources you can have, uh, the different signature treasures, hero powers, how you unlock them, the starter decks, all that kind of stuff. So um, so if you'd like, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna put links for their uh, Sir Finley guide and my article about um, about what to do essentially. Uh, So those are the two things I want to make you aware of before we jump right into it. So I'll start with this question. Why uh, why you should really be focusing in on one hero for Tombs of Terror. And if if you're playing the normal mode, uh, most people are going to be able to get through that fairly easily. Uh, Because of the 300 health of the Plague Lords, even the best players are still going to take at least two runs to get through all of that. Um, but more likely, because all of us have runs that just fall flat on their faces, it could take upwards of four to five, even more, to actually get through. Uh, it's nice that you have the measure of progression that can help you um, not just, uh, you know, if you get all the way through to that Plague Lord and then lose halfway through, at least you've done some damage and you can come back and you'll be able to hit it harder the next time. Uh, I I believe for chapter two specifically, it took me somewhere in the neighborhood of four runs. Uh, I was able to get to the Plague Lord twice and um, am finally able to to beat him. Uh, In fact, in that article, uh, we we mentioned that only about 32% of players have been able to uh, defeat the chapter two boss in the first go. So um, 32% is a low percentage, so don't think less of yourself just because you're not able to get through all of it. It wasn't built for that, and uh, most players aren't doing that. I would expect, actually, that uh, that number's probably gone down even uh, with some times uh, because more people have been able to play it now that it's been out for a week or two. So um, but all the things that you can unlock for the specific heroes means that as you unlock the the signature treasures in particular, which is what you pick at the beginning uh, alongside your hero power and starting deck, these signature treasures get pretty dang powerful. And for uh, for Finley in particular, 
There are two that are really insane in my uh, experience so far. And that's Maxwell Mighty Steed and Junior Scout. So Maxwell Mighty Steed is a three mana three five beast with Rush and Reborn, and he has plus two attack for each other minion on the battlefield. That's opponents and your own, right? And you will unlock him by defeating five bosses with Finley, which isn't that hard to do, even if you only beat a couple um, on a run. And start up another, do a few more. You could even concede out if you really want to go back. Um, because Finley's default signature treasure, Finley's uh, pith hel- helmet, I think it's called, is not that great. It's um, actually, it might be pretty good in the new chapter. I might actually do that <laughs> instead. Um, but uh, but yeah, Maxwell's Mighty Steed, re- or Maxwell Mighty Steed really is the, uh, the big one that you can unlock quickly and get a lot of value off of him. Uh, what was really interesting was using something like um, the back in action starting pack uh, or starting deck, which has redemption and um, ancestral spirit and spirit echo. Those are three spells that go really, really well with Maxwell. Uh, he already has reborn. So if you're able to put those things on him, uh, it can just do a lot of damage really quickly. Um I wasn't able to find... I thought that Reborn was in one of these also, uh, but that doesn't make any sense because it's a um, it's a uh, priest thing, which is Elise's, I believe, if I'm correct on that. So anyway, I, I'm, I must have gotten it from... Maybe I'm just remembering it wrong. <laughs> anyway, I feel like there was one point where I attacked with Maxwell. Uh, he was Reborn, and then I gave him Reborn, uh, which gave which sent out the initial one and uh, just went insane essentially. So being able to rush with a minion that oftentimes is like a nine five minion for three uh, mana is just really really powerful. Um, I've found so far that one of the best um, uh, treasures that you can get is the rocket boots, which is a passive ability that gives all of your minions rush. Rush is so, so powerful and allows you to uh, mess up what your opponent was trying to set up for the next turn uh, with. And I've just found it invaluable. So Maxwell having that built in already is really, really strong. Now, the other one I mentioned was Junior Scout. And this one's a little tougher to do. You unlock the Junior Scout by defeating a Plague Lord. So um, if you were able to do that on Chapter 1, then you can have him unlocked for Chapter 2 and beyond. Uh, the Junior Scout is a 3-mana 4-4 four, four with Charge and Wind Fury. So right there, you've got 8 damage for 3-mana, which uh, against like your first couple bosses could easily help. You could win the game by that point, right? Um, what's, what's crazy is that he also has an end-of-turn effect that deals 4 damage to a random enemy minion. If you play your cards right you will be able to do a lot of damage. Uh, and w- this is really interesting with Chapter 2 because the twist of your uh, rightmost minion auto-attacking uh, is really tricky. I still haven't quite gotten it down um, to know which is going to trigger first. I think that they attack first and then this end-of-turn effect triggers, uh, which I would much rather it go the other way because I always want him to go face, <laughs> if at all possible. Sometimes not able to completely clear the board. So, um, so yeah, so there's a little bit of a, of a back and forth with that. Um, but these two treasures I can't recommend highly enough for you to really sink your time into. 
defeating the bosses, defeating a Plague Lord with Finley are really worth it to unlock uh, both of those and be able to play with them. Um, the other the other big tip I have for you is when you're visiting Bazaar Bob, um, there have been times when I get there and one of the minions on my side is the Junior Scout. And I have an option with one of my cards to add three copies of a card into my deck. Every single time you choose the Junior Scout or you choose Maxwell Mighty Steed. I, I, th I think I actually legitimately had like seven copies of Maxwell in my deck at one time. And I felt like I was drawing it every turn and I loved drawing it every turn because it's so super powerful. It does something immediate. It's a sticky minion. It's just tough for your opponent to deal with. So, uh, so yeah, look for those opportunities. Obviously, with any mode like this, there is a lot of random elements. Um, specifically for Bob, you don't know what you're going to get at that time, uh, both on the field and in your hand, because you have zero control over those things. Um, but look out for them, because they can really, really be helpful for you in that. Um, and the way that I found, especially on Heroic, that you're able to get ahead... Uh, you kind of have to get lucky those first few rounds to just to just go. I yesterday, <laughs> um, full transparency, I lost to the first boss twice in a row, so uh, that happens. Uh, you have to have some luck in order to get through those first rounds. But as you start to meet Bob, as you get some other treasures in your deck, you can start crafting things to be completely game-breaking, and that's really when you're able to solidly get through. Um, but that means that things have to go your way, and sometimes they don't. So uh, like we so often talk about on this show, uh, don't take emotional, um, don't take yourself emotionally hostage uh, by holding things over yourself that you don't have control over. Uh, there are going to be dungeon runs where you wish that you could have done better, but you just could not have, and that's okay. Uh, by going again, you're giving yourself another opportunity to get there, and that's okay. So, um, so yeah, those are the things to look out for. Um, I do also want to say in, uh, in Chapter 2 specifically, there's a glyph that makes your opponent's minions cost one more. Um, that Plague Lord has a Cthune deck, and so if you're able, I think it's the Glyph of Warding, if you're able to find that treasure, it's an auto-pick, because specifically for that Plague Lord, if you get there, you're able to lock them out of playing Cthune, which is usually the way they're able to just completely destroy you without, without a chance. Um, and I've found, honestly, that that treasure is pretty helpful for most other opponents, too, because it buys you a turn or two, it lets you get ahead on tempo really quickly. So, uh, so that's generally a really good one to choose. Um, I also mentioned the rush, uh, the the glyph that gives you uh, gives all of your minions a permanent plus one plus one buff is also really strong for the same reason. Uh, you're actually putting yourself above tempo rather than making your opponent go uh, a little bit behind. So it's just the inverse, but works really well for that reason. Uh, I tend to really go towards the treasures that have a passive ability rather than the ones that you have to draw in order to play. Because especially as the game goes on and your deck continues to build and build and get bigger and bigger, uh, it's it's harder and harder to draw that specific thing. Uh, some of them are really strong if you're able to get them. There's one that um, that it resurrects the first four minions that died this game, and it has Twin Spell. Uh, I've really liked that when I've chosen it and drawn it, but I, I still won't choose it if there's a better option like the uh, the passive rush, passive plus one, plus one uh, kind of stuff. So 
uh, yeah, be on the lookout for those. I mean, there, there's the cool secret that, like, um, if you take fatal damage, uh, nullify it, and then deal 20 damage to your opponent. I, I chose it once just because that, that treasure is pretty cool. Um, but uh, my opponent was at, like, 40 health, and they had lethal regardless of uh, hitting me with lethal that once. So uh, even those cool ones like that uh, don't don't tend to do as as well as you would hope that they would. So... Um, yeah, so that's a lot of tips that I've got. It was really all over the place, so I hope you followed it. Um, but I, I want to encourage you that specifically if you're going for the heroic mode, um, that really going all in with one hero is probably the right way to go. I haven't gotten to play with Bran yet because he hasn't unlocked as of this recording, but so far out of the three, I really like Finley the best, um, because of Maxwell and Junior Scout mostly. Um, Reno, I have not been that impressed by, and Elise, I, I'm kind of on the fence with. I've had some good games and some really bad games too. Um, so I'll probably spend some time with them at some point to kind of understand their signature treasures a little better. Um, but I can't just, I, I can't highly recommend, um, Finley enough. So I want to get him on your radar. For those of you who are up for the insane challenge of Heroic, I hope that this is helpful for you. And uh, more than if you do like one of the other heroes better, great, go for it. Um, But I would highly recommend uh, Finley if you haven't yet. Uh, I I guess I didn't mention I'm sort of um, I'm sort of on the fence about all the different uh, decks that he has. I've had good uh, runs with all of them pretty much. The um, the Murloc Crusade allows me to go pretty quickly. So I like that one. And then back in action is probably my second favorite uh, as well. And for hero powers, um, a power up is really strong. It just takes a long time to get there. So uh, in the meantime, new recruits is usually my go-to because the aggressive uh, thing is the way to go. Oh, and one more really big tip. I'm glad I didn't forget this before before we end here, is that anomaly mode is actually your friend in heroic, I've learned. Um, Anomaly mode allows uh, some random effect, basically a second twist to be active. And sometimes that twist can be way more helpful uh, than you would ever realize. In fact, the best twist or the best anomaly, I think, is heroes take double damage. It forces you to be hyper aggressive, but a lot of times you can eke that out before your opponent's able to do uh, the inverse to you. So, um, So I practically always have it on just in case it's helpful. Um, because I've, I've found that without that, I'm up against some really tough, uh, some tough bosses and, and just kind of have to get lucky with what I draw, with what I get from the treasures and stuff like that. Sometimes those anomalies can be the little thing that you need to be able to get ahead. And, uh, yeah, so I, I feel like there's really no downside to doing it. So I highly encourage you, and they count in Heroic. You can do it with Anomaly on or off, and it doesn't matter as far as progression and stuff like that. So uh, any edge you can get is good in these really difficult battles, and Anomaly can get you some of that. So uh, so yeah, that'll wrap up um, our conversation about this. Again, I'll put the links over on the show notes at thehappyhearthstone.com for you to check out the article that I wrote and the guide that Hearthstone Top Decks has put together on uh, on Sir Finley uh, in particular. All right, well, we can't truly shut things down until we got the card of the week. And maybe you know this card of the week because I sort of devoted the entire episode to him, so I figured it was only appropriate to include him here as well. So here we go. With this deck, 
I'll bet that I don't know what I'm doing if I don't draw you. What was the point of that? So much depending on one card. I shouldn't make it that hard. We're left to wonder why. I can't get your fishiness out of my mind. Surfingly of the sands. Surfingly of the sands. Would you meet my demands to diversify and get paladin wins? <laughs> I mean, it's only fair to keep Finley as the card of the week. You know what I'm saying? At least that's my decision for how to do this episode right now. So, Sir Finlay the Sands is a 2-mana, two 2-3 two, legendary Murloc, and he reads Battle Cry. If your deck has no duplicates, discover an upgraded hero power. So this is the new version from Saviors of Old Doom. And uh, I'll tell you what, from the Highlander decks that we've seen, Finlay has unfortunately gotten the short end of the stick. And what's interesting is that uh, I've seen some Highlander Finlay decks coming into their own on uh, on social media and on HS Replay. There's some stats of this deck doing fairly well, honestly. So uh, those were the casual matches I said I played this morning. Um, I found one of those decks and wanted to give it a try. And it had a lot going on, but really it's primarily an aggressive paladin list that's reminiscent of some of the hand uh, magic carpet lists that have been going around. So it plays a lot of one mana uh, minions like um, like the Beaming Sidekick, Argent Squire, Crystallizer, Brazen Zealot. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things going on there. It's got a mech package with uh, Glowtron, the upgradable frame bot, um, Wargear, Missile Launcher. And then at the top end, it runs Siamat, Octasari, and Tyrion Forgering. So there's, there's basically a package of these really expensive cards that are basically bombs on their own, um, but a lot of smaller stuff to really help you get into the mid game. So where is Sir Finley's place in all of this? I, I think that an aggressive Highlander deck is really a strong idea for maximizing his potential because the dream is that you're able to play Sir Finley on turn two as a two mana two, three, and then your hero pack Hopefully you can get the upgraded Hunter hero power or Paladin hero power. Um, you could even get Mage, and that's not too bad either. Um, that's basically a um, a movable Hunter hero power, right? So, um, so there are some good options that you can get, but you really want to be able to pick something that's going to allow you to be really super aggressive. I guess draw a card isn't too bad either, um, but uh, you've got... I guess, is Octasari the only drawing engine? You've got Crystology in here, which is really nice. Uh, that might be it, though. So I guess draw a card isn't too bad either. In my experience, the games that I played, though, um, you just have to use what you have and go all in. So uh, you want to mulligan for those really early minions, a lot of those one cost or two costs. Uh, look for Sir Finley, obviously. And then your mid-game um, history buff is actually in there, which is a really interesting card. The three mana, three, four, whenever you play a minion, give a random minion in your hand, plus one, plus one. I was able to use that and uh, play a bunch of one-cost minions and upgrade my Leroy to an eight-attack uh, Leroy. And that plus Blessing of Might is 11 damage immediately. <laughs> so nothing to balk at, essentially. So... Um, so yeah, there's a lot going on with that. I think Finley is okay. He probably is the weakest out of the uh, League of Explorers, unfortunately. 
just because you're discovering something. And if you don't get him until late game, um, you're just not going to use your hero power as much anyway. So, uh, so yeah, he's not awful, but a, a two mana two, three, isn't going to do much on the board. So, um, so getting a good hero power is okay. It actually plays very similarly, I guess, to, um, Justicar True Heart, which was our first upgraded hero power uh, minion, because you would play her on turn six, ideally, and then you'd have an upgraded hero power for the rest of the game. Because it was your class's hero power, it was, uh, you know, in line with your strategy. But yeah, I'll um, I'll link to this uh, list if you're interested in trying it out. Um, it's interesting, and it's fun, and if you have Finley, then uh, you can have some fun with it. Uh, and if you have all those other legendary, I guess it's a, it's a kind of a legend heavy. Well, I, Leroy, you should have. Ziliax, you should have. Siamite, you probably should have. Tyrion, you should have. Octasari, do not craft that. And Snip Snap, everyone has. Uh, and then you got Finley and Zephyrus. So everything other than those are, um, and that's, a, that's a lot of legendaries. But it's a lot of ones that should be in the stockpile of, of people who are playing the game quite often. So... Um, and if you don't have them, that's okay. This is definitely more of a fun deck rather than something that, uh, don't, don't like commit to this unless you want to have fun with your climb and you're okay with not being, uh, just insanely, you know, flying up the ranks or anything like that. So, uh, yeah, so that's what I got for you this week. Um, just want to remind you as always that you are the happy Hearthstone. This podcast, I'm so thankful that since the beginning, it's been all about the community. It still is today. I'm grateful I get to create these episodes for you to fill in the gaps and give you something to listen to every single week. Um, but it's really the episodes where I get to hang out with you, with uh, the listeners of this show. And I uh, got a great guest in the pocket for next week uh, from our community. So that'll be a lot of fun. And if you're interested in joining me for an episode, all you have to do is email me thehappyhearthstone at gmail.com let me know you're interested and we'll figure it out from there Uh, but it really is that simple and i love getting to do that Uh, the patreon is always going to be the best way to support the show so go check it out patreon.com slash the happy hearthstone like i mentioned we're going to extend that special offer for this month uh, and you can get a special shout out in the book when i release it uh, just for being a part of that and as my way of saying thank you Uh, so thank you and thank you and thank you And even more thank yous for the producers of the Happy Hearthstone, Menach, Jay Miller, Mr. Blurry, and Mark P. Thank you for so much for supporting the show at the level that you do. Uh, you You make the ability for us to hit goals for these weekly episodes to come out a significant part of this show, of the community. So um, so I am super thankful for every single one of you. And I know every listener is super thankful too um, because we've got more content coming out because of you four. So thank you so much uh, for doing things the way you do. And I want to remind you uh, that if you listen on Apple Podcasts or on iTunes, leaving a review on there is a huge way to be able to support the show for the future. So if you haven't done that yet, please take a few minutes and do it. Uh, I love being able to uh, read those out on the show as a small way of saying thank you. And we haven't gotten one in a little bit. So if uh, if you've been thinking about it, activate on it, make it happen uh, and, and leave your mark on this show indefinitely. So thank you so much for considering that and for doing it. If you want to stay in touch with me, I mean, like I mentioned, I'm not on Twitter as much, but hopefully things will start to shift and you can find me on Twitter at Andrew is living. And you can email me again at thehappyharson at gmail.com. It doesn't have to be if you want to be on the show. It could be for a question you'd like for me to answer on a future episode or any other feedback that you have for me and the show. 
You can follow me on Twitch at Andrew is Living, and that's about all I could possibly say. You can find the show notes and everything else, of course, over at thehappyhearthstone.com. All right, that's all I got for you. I hope that you're enjoying the Tombs of Terror. I hope you are waiting with bated breath about this list of wild cards. Uh, we'll be able to talk about that in full. We should be able to in the next episode. So that'll be a really fun discussion. Really looking forward to that. Really looking forward to seeing you. Hope you have an amazing week. And thank you so much for visiting the Happy Hearthstone and having a little fun with us. We'll see you next time. 